0: All right, guys, welcome back to Conspiranormal. That's your host, Adam, and we're sitting here on our comfortable couch, and Terfiel is here. The big, comfy Conspiranormal couch. That's right. That's right. Uh, We're going to talk about something um, really, really interesting and kind of disturbing and a little bit scary today, and we've got William Ramsey with us. And we're going to talk about his book, "Global Death Cults," talking about the uh, Order of Nine Angles and the Adam Waffen. And William, uh, I've had you on; it's been two or three times. I'm thinking it's got to have been uh, the last time we talked about the uh, the smiley face killers. And um, I, th- I think. It's been so long since I had you on before that that I can't even remember what we what we talked about.
1: I've done so many shows. Maybe it was probably this yeah. uh it was probably West Memphis Three. I don't
0: think I've ever had you on about that one. Okay. I think we did briefly talk about it. Yeah. Cold Nine Eleven. yeah. Yeah, yeah. We did talk about the Alistair Crowley stuff. Uh we talked about yeah, the the ninety-three and, and all that. All the, and had, the children of the beast. I had you on about that too. We talked about we talked about all that as well, but, uh, we're going to talk about the order of nine angles and the atomwaffen. And I guess to start out, uh, we, and as I was telling you in the like pre-show banter, like this is something that I really did not know much about. I saw the news story last year about the order of nine angles and how it was kind of like infiltrated the military and there was some concern about that and after that i really didn't hear anything about it i might have heard some things here or there and the atomwaffen stuff i've not heard about um at all so this a lot of this is kind of like a new territory to me uh surfiel knows a little bit about some of this uh, like the 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 james mason and the siege stuff which we'll get to but what what made you want to write a book about these two groups
1: well i think it just came came out of my interest from the smiley face killers i was curious about what kind of ideologies were out there in secret and when i kind of learned and read about the lna i was like oh wow so these these guys have a completely more vicious view of satanism than these other groups that are out there so that really led me to really start reading their core documents and then i as i was doing that kind of reading their stuff other events that were associated with the ona popped up there was a murder that took place in toronto canada the guy's name was william von Neudigem, who on his youtube channel has like a ona chant so I watched kind of that event kind of unfold he hasn't even gone to trial yet he's still in jail mm-hmm. and so then i kept looking at these other kind of occurrences And just through my research, kind of led me to this kind of far right group in the U.S. called Adam Waffen Division, and some of the researchers and some other journalists have, you know, uh, seen that they have some far right occultism in there. So there's a connection between O.N.A. and Adam Waffen, which is supposedly disbanded, but Adam Waffen only started in 2015. So some of the stuff is fairly new. And some mm-hmm. of these occurrences and murders and crimes that are really kind of novel and I think that's what led me to write this book was try to explain this strange uh, kind of underground series of, of group there were really this groups and how it kind of came out of the UK and crossed the Atlantic to the United States
2: yeah it seems like a, a lot of this stuff are from these kind of like countercultural projects of the extreme, Right, white supremacists in the 80s and 90s, and they kind of were incubating and now really found their place online for this for a new generation.
1: Yes, definitely. Yes, very well said. I think that's exactly what happened because I don't think the founders of the ONA, when they started writing it, whether it was David Myatt or him working with other people, uh, knew that it would be disseminated so rapidly through the internet, which is really what. What has happened so th- these documents are, are readily accessible it's just a matter of whether people are reading them or not but i think i show in my book a lot of these adam there was actually a fight within adam waffen about whether they were going to just kind of be your standard national socialist or go the route of kind of a cult or esoteric nazism
0: have you gone on any of these like bulletin boards and stuff to try to like kind of suss this stuff out and like figure out like i mean i'm sure that that's kind of a a dark place to go to. Have you spent a lot of time on this?
1: A lot of those boards have been shut down. So a lot of these guys kind of go online. One with the original one was called Iron March. It was really like a fascist one. Mm -hmm. And there was another one called Fascist Forge. But there has been other kind of researchers. A lot of the anti-folk guys kind of keep their eyes on the far right. And so they've uh, had some really good research into some of these characters. And then... Also, another message board called Kiwi Farms. Farms Kiwi Farms has a lot of threads with about Adam Waffen. So a lot of people are providing this information. And uh, one of the chapters about Suevanna who kind of was a Asian Nazi sympathizer who tried to or wanted to carry out uh, kind of a Columbine-style massacre. She was. They had great information about her on Kiwi Farms. So there has been kind of a public, uh, research, you know, groups on certain places online for sure. Okay.
2: And before we go into kind of like the history of the yeah. order of nine angles, which is probably where, where we'll start. Mm-hmm. Um, these groups are different than your, you know, traditional fascist organized more political groups because they come from on one hand, like order of nine angles come from this, um, this kind of a cult background Uh, and Adam Woffen comes from the, the ideology of like James Mason and the, the siege stuff, which was more of this like nihilistic Nazism about just causing total chaos social and political breakdown and then they you know of course self-appoint themselves as th- they will be the new rulers which is why they looked up to charles manson so much so this isn't like your right your usual you know like organized uh nazi groups they're like very nihilistic yeah they're just- a
1: different different iteration like post hitler nazis it's a different view and they have these different ideas and james mason siege was important but they've integrated some other ideas from myad and ona some of these other Mm -hmm. uh, occultists for sure and i mean i think that the guy who helped edit the fourth edition of james mason's book siege he had ona materials required reading once he became head head of adam so that's kind of why i have that title in the book because they do overlap
2: yeah and the i I guess an overarching theme would be like occultism is a means to an end of uh self transformation to uh become these, you know, like a uh, uh Ubermensch, I guess they think they're they becoming uber a new man, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so that they transcend morality and this is a lot of the Ordine angle stuff is about uh transgressive things like harming, killing people, so that you then, you know, can become this warrior to carry out whatever their ideological goals are.
1: Yes, definitely. That's I think that was their real core, their core documents really uh, involved culling. But Mayat kind of was had two interests. He kind of had overlapping National Socialist interests and occultism at the same time, according to his own biography. So he was developing, and he kind of went through a Crowley phase. So he's really a kind of a post-Crowley, and you could tell that he knew about the Church of Satan and the Temple of Set. And under the false pseudonym of uh, Stephen Brown was in communication with guys like Aquino. So, and I include that in my book. So you can kind of see how this ideology kind of morphed and, and advanced over kind of earlier Satanism. But uh, you can definitely see almost kind of like the same concepts in Nazism are there in this group. So you see the new man, the intermention, they would call them a different name. So they would be Homo Galacticus and then Homo Gubriati or Mundanes. And we're it's us against them and so you ha- they have this kind of almost similar kind of view that uh, I think the Nazis did so I think that you can see that that national socialistic influence in myatt's writing in the A for sure and he right. seems
2: to have really been like a a wanderer I mean he's he went through so many phases it seemed like myatt um, yeah he, he became like a fundamentalist Muslim Um all kinds of different occult phases and
1: yeah I was in a catholic uh you know monastery for for 18 months so you can see that influence in the ellenic too
0: let's talk about david maya because i mean this starts with him i mean he's the founder of the order of nine angles so this guy i mean like serfiel said he goes through so many permutations of his life gets involved with so many things uh Kind of take us through, like you know, how he comes up with the Order of Nine Angles, what its purpose for him
1: is. Well, I think that he came. You know, his father was a colonial Englishman, so he was involved in. I think his father was involved in working outside of England, so he was able to travel a lot. He went to college, so he was educated. But he was also a national socialist, and I think really he started. He was really, I mean, the guy's clearly very intelligent. And I would call him a magus. There's actually writings in, in some of the ONA stuff. They call him Witch King. Uh, but they he definitely has, has kind of wrestled with history. But he came out after looking at philosophy and history and saying national socialism is the way. And uh, I think also that occultism at the same time, uh, esoteric Nazism, was really written into the ONA from the, really from the beginning. So the earliest documents have this uh, Hitler as avatar outlook where they, they see time from the beginning when Hitler was born in 1889, they call it the year of Fian, which can be translated year of rejoicing or year of the King. And so you see all these kind of old English uh, references in, in the stuff, but the ONA, I think at its core was an attempt to, Infiltrate and, and bring in national socialist ideas that were not really politically possible, uh, popular. So I think it was another way for Mayatt and the founders to really disseminate these ideas in, in secret and use it through this kind of cell structure which they would call an nexion. So they would kind of almost like a multi-level marketing scheme where they would have small groups and those groups would form other groups. And I think that was what his mm-hmm. intent. And that's really why I call it the global global death cult because all those pernicious ideas have disseminated through the wor- world, through the internet. And you can see these nexions and I have a whole chapter in the book just about uh, some of these places that are in different countries. So, um, but I, I think to answer your question, the core ideas were really, his fusing of kind of national socialism and and satanism and some of that
2: came out of what he saw as like the failures of the elements of the extreme right that he was involved in 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 the uk
1: Think so and i mean i think he writes about like they didn't never really reached any popular uh movement kind of like the nazis did they were always trying to but they couldn't really get it through and i think it's very important to see him as somebody mixing with a lot of these Nazi leaders on the far right, these other characters that maybe people in the UK know, Colin Jordan or Martin Webster. But uh, yeah, so I think that for sure, you know, that's, uh, yeah, I I think that that's that's what his references were, were these kind of people in national, was it the national action or something like that, national group that was in England.
2: Yeah, and even at like the end of someone like uh, Willis Cardo's life, like he he said that he felt like the 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 trajectory of these extreme right groups are kind of like doomed to failure, and that the thing that would the only thing that could bring about their goals would be extreme circumstances. So then it seems like he comes to the same conclusion as a lot of these people, especially in the '80s, where they're like, well the traditional uh, political organizations aren't going to work. We just need to basically try to destroy social order. And then out of the ruins of that, we can build something.
1: Right. Like accelerationism. And I think that that's really was what some of this occultism that uh, Maya put together really was, was infiltration. And so you kind of see, uh, a lot of his people, like he, you talk about all of those different things in his life. Well, he wrote into his ideology this idea of insight roles. So you could say these certain parts of myatt's life were gaining insight in these roles. But if you were really an occultist before a national social, socialist, you'd be learning these different things with the idea to spread chaos and dissension and, and accelerate the downfall of societies as an occultist in these far-right movements. But I think myatt really joined and became a far kind of a radical Muslim for that insight role, because it, their, their ideas were somewhat similar to his, like even the national socialists, it was all racialism and violence and murder. And I think that's really what Maya was promoting through mm-hmm. in his occult works.
0: Well, I'll ask you about, uh, you know, kind of the anti-Christian idea between it, uh, behind all this as well, you know, like they, they, Refer to it as like you know the I guess Magian or also Nazarene um, and those ideas and, and and a little bit of elaboration on like this whole idea of like culling of the mundanes and kind of like what that means and
1: right so culling is like a husbandry term so culling is like when you kill off animals so their idea and when when right. my as Stephen Brown was writing to the temple of Set, it was like, what dis- distinguishes us from other satanic groups is our attitude towards calling. It's very important to us. So they have this idea that you're supposed to literally kill people, and it's written into their early um, doctrine. So they had this septenary way or sevenfold way, and the fifth way is you're supposed to conduct a human sacrifice or cooling. So uh, the steps that you're supposed to advance in the ONA, at least as it's originally written, were you know, depend upon calling, but you're also supposed to um, do it in secret. So people aren't supposed to, to kind of, uh, deter, you know, uh, only the insiders know that you're killing. But here's one thing that uh, Mayatt wrote. If there's one thing which expresses the essence of the satanic ethos, it is calling. And if there's one way to detect a pseudo-Satanist, it is their attitude t- toward calling. So uh, they use this term called Opfer, which is a ger- German term for sacrifice. And their view is they are kind of an, uh, kind of an SS unit of people. And the other people who aren't of them are the mundanes. And, uh, you know, he writes, those who are not our kindred brothers or sisters are mundanes. So they distinguish in the writings, distinguish themselves from kind of normal human beings and stuff like that. Right. And that
0: anti-Christian stance as well, the saying that like Christianity, of course, comes from Judaism and that's a way to kind of like, I guess bring out your inner pagan and all these type of things, Um, you know, and and the occultism that I guess that he was interested in as well. I guess that he kind of pulled some of that from Crowley, but I think that there was a lot of it that was. uh, It really his stuff just seems like such a mishmash of just about everything you could think of.
1: I agree. I think a lot of Druidic ideas, pagan and sure. Druidic ideas. Right. Because they're always going out into the forest. There's very strong kind of, like, uh, you go out and, like, one of their uh, paths of uh, advancement is to go out and lie down in the forest from sundown to sunset, sunrise. So mm-hmm. you, like, sit there for 12 hours and just kind of feel what's going on in, in the forest. And you'll see all these pictures or imagery that are associated with the LNA are all kind of, like, uh you know, lonely forests and things like that. So I, th- I do think that he, he, he brought in ideas from a lot of different stuff. So the Magian state is the ideas of this guy by the name of Yaki, who was a fascist yeah. and you know an anti kind of Christian. He wrote Imperium, right? Imperium, right? Excellent. Yeah. So Imperium. So that was influential on the in the far right groups. So yeah. So they had contempt for Nazarenes, and and some people are like. Well, what does this include? I think it includes Christians, Jews, anything really from the kind of Judeo-Christian tradition they have contempt for. And you can see it in their rituals. If the people are doing these rituals, it's like, you know, we spit on Jesus and blah, blah, blah. It's pretty, pretty vicious.
0: And you've got other, like, heads of this as well, like, that you talk about, uh, Christos-based, um, I guess, Chloe Ortega. Ford, yeah. What's some of their influence on this
1: order? Well, I think that they just kind of carried on with the the, the standard ONA tradition. So this guy, Christos Beast, whose name, the real name is Richard Moult, did yeah. uh, the, kind of their own tarot cards. So you'll see a lot of this, the symbols and imagery of the ONA are on these tarot cards. They're called the Sinister Tradition tarot cards. But he also kind of was in communication with other people. They called it the outer head which is similar to what was going on at the OTO. They had an outer head of the order. And so they're in communication with other interested parties or or possibly recruiting new people. And uh, Ford was an interesting character because he also kind of was in his writing his own satanic literature and somehow became associated with the ONA. And uh, I guess the ONA members said he wasn't dutiful towards order of nine angles ideas and so he was gone and so then there's this young kid who's like from California there's two girls who were were talking to Mulden I guess she became the outer head her name is Chloe and uh, I guess she's the current outer head And there's a lot there's still posting and things like that there's still activity with this group and the I mean a lot of the stuff is on the surface I have no idea really what's going on underneath the surface communication but they just actually had a guy was interesting. He just got convicted, and I, I write about him in my book, but uh, he just got convicted at the Old Bailey in the UK, and his, I'm trying to remember what it was, he was part of the sonning Creek division, so they had these other kind of global fascist uh, offshoots. One was sonning Creek, the other fewer Fewer Creek, and he was called Dimock, and he actually just got sentenced, but they found that he was in communication with this other guy, Denton, who was the head of Adam And So you see this, and he was also kind of an occultist. He's actually a member of the Temple of Blood, according to one mm-hmm. journalist. Denton was a member of the Temple of Blood before he became the head of Atomwolf, So Yeah, so all this stuff
0: really kind of cross-pollinates with each other. Like, it's all, yeah, everything that you talk about in this book, there's like just like a cross-section between them. Uh, so in... I guess in the late 90s, 1997, I believe, that there whatever and I forget, the guy's name escapes me, but there David was... David Copeland? Yes, that's it. He, Obama, right? Yeah, he actually um, acted out what uh, Myatt was actually um, advocating. And I guess Myatt actually tried to distance himself, or there was some kind of, um, you know, not taking the responsibility, but he was heavily into this uh, order.
1: Right, so I they has right, so there's actually a really good documentary about the London bomb. I mean, he's kind of infamous in the UK because of how much damage he caused, David Copeland, but there's a really good documentary on Netflix about him. But he dropped three bombs, and, and like people's arms and legs were blown off. And um, they found out after he was arrested that he was the National Socialist Movement's organizer for Hampshire and Surrey. So he was associated with this group that Mayat had started, the National Socialist Movement. So after they kind of get in trouble, they rebrand. It's almost like Adam Waffen. I forgot what their new name is now. Mm -hmm. But uh, Copeland was definitely involved. He wanted to be famous. And uh, so he had kind of uh, Mayat's right, some of Mayat's ideological writing. One was called a Practical Guide to Aryan Revolution. So, um, yeah, Copeland was... uh, I think an important part of the kind of development of this story of national socialism to order of nine angles to Adam Waffen, And um, so, and I think that you'll see that if you read siege by James Mason, there's a real kind of deification. And I included in this, my, my book of these Nazi lone wolf killers. Yeah. And it's hard, it's hard to believe, but that's the people. And actually what's really strange about siege when you read it is that James Mason knew some of these people who were somewhat infamous that people would know. This one guy, Franklin, who shot Vernon Jordan and the pornographer guy, whose name I can't remember offhand. Larry Flint. But Larry Flint, thank you. Uh, was like friends with James Mason. And James Mason's hanging out with, I've seen pictures of him with this guy, Denton, and also Woodward, who stabbed his kind of poor Jew, this Jewish kid, Blaze Bernstein, 20 times. There's pictures of, mason with uh woodwork yeah. so that's what's weird about the siege and you can kind of see this these crazed killers like even recently in um the tree of life synagogue killing like these that's what these or, or dylan roof yeah um, going in and shooting people so i think it's really important for people to see how dangerous these ideas are and these people are really that's kind of one of the reasons why i wrote the book
0: Before we move on, let's, let's talk about James Mason and the Siege because I mean, you know, Serfiel told me about this and I mean, this, this is some crazy stuff. I mean, it's crazy. His ideas and how this gets filtered in and like, you know, what, uh, he, like his continuing influence on some of this. And
1: the fact on Adam Waffen too, tons of pictures of him with Adam Waffen members. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it doesn't he live like off of public assistance in Denver. Like his, in Denver, correct? Yeah, right. What
2: you were saying before too, it's this, this idea of propaganda by deed, and that when these lone wolves do these things, then that uh, will put the the name of these ideas and these groups out into the news cycle, and then more people will discover it.
1: Yeah, that's possible. I mean, I, I think that they're they're attracting a dangerous contingent of people, but I think most people would be revolted by their ideas. But uh, I do think that they, they, I mean, they're able to spend extend their influence through the internet and through other things how people get drawn in. And one of the important things you can learn from siege is that people who get killed are often people on the inside who are involved. You know, so mm. it's not just like they're targeted. Groups, but oftentimes these national socialists kill themselves. Get killed by other people. Rockwell got shot by an insider. Right. Uh, this other guy Tomasi, got shot by mm-hmm. a competitor. They all want to be Hitler, so it makes it really hard on the inside because you know not, somebody else wants to be the Führer too. So yeah, um,
2: Mason really comes up under um, Rockwell, the yeah. American Nazi Party, like as a as a very young person. I guess they kind of, they've pretty much taken him in. I think he's like 15 or 16. He has problems with the law and uh, yeah, from there, can you kind of uh, explain James Mason's trajectory and, and when Siege came about?
1: Yeah. So Siege is really a collection of writings from 1980 to 1986. They were compiled by him. It's a variety on a variety of different subjects. Some are pretty benign, some are pretty lethal and his idea. So you can see this kind of accelerationist theme, through there. And obviously he has, he's a racist and anti-Christian. So he's all about the kind of similar Nazi ideas of the blood and actually Christianity, according to him, was a triumph of the white racial blood, not of an ideology, but he ignores the fact that Christ is Jewish. That's another story. But yeah, so, um, so you see that kind of within Siege and it's been kind of re-edited Four times the 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 last time in 2018 was done by this guy Denton, who just got sentenced to 42 months in jail. But uh, that's you'll see a lot of these guys talking about siege culture, holding the book siege. So that's like a required reading for a lot of these people. And uh, Mason was like you know, I think he joined the American Nazi Party at the age of 14, and he was the youngest card carrying member of the group. And he went to go be in Arlington, Virginia. Under working under George Lincoln Rockwell, who's kind of like an infamous American Nazi who ended up getting shot. Strangely enough, I lived on the same block where George uh, Rockwell got shot when I was in law school in Virginia. So I kind of was familiar with Rockwell's story, you know, 25 years ago. Yeah. Uh, So I would walk right by where he ended up. I think they tore down the the shopping mall that he had put in uh, little uh, houses there, but still. He was killed, Rockwell was killed by a guy named Padler, His last name was Pat Solace, but he changed it to be closer to Adolf Hitler. So there's a lot of crazy characters within, I mean, just the siege story itself. But, uh, yeah, so you have the emphasis on Arianism and the same kind of frustrations. These guys, not, not too many people want to be Nazis. And so Mason and these other guys, you know, he was like in the same kind of boat as mine in some ways where. Nobody really wanted to get into movement, so they're frustrated and trying to figure out other way, other ways to facilitate their political ideas.
2: Yeah, and this I think in particular the the kind of deification of Charles Manson was really due to uh, to Mason's influence. And I don't think that Charles Manson would have had his kind of countercultural uh you know, revamping in the eighties without Without siege, and really? even though it was done in this kind of like oh, just nihilistic, um, tongue-in-cheek way to a lot of people, um, you know, people like Michael Moynihan, Boyd Rice, and probably to a certain degree Adam Parfrey, you know, were very responsible for uh, getting siege a lot larger audience and that, and thus the deification kind of of Charles Manson as that second avatar to Adolf Hitler.
1: Right. No, very well said. And I mean, I think that they, if you remember, you know, Manson was always talking about the racial war and there was all kinds of antagonism. He's trying to blame everything on African-Americans, the crimes that he did. He was trying, you know, these, these were his ideas. So you can see that similar kind of racism. And actually, Pete Mason was in contact with Manson. So they're communicating, sending letters to each other. And then Mason becomes an admirer and then starts something called the Universal Order with Manson. And that's now defunct, but that was, you know, Manson kind of had that racism, but also this kind of, kind of esoteric Atwa, air, trees, yeah. water, and something. He had kind of like a neo-paganism, earth worship kind of aspect to him too. So they they kind of like that. But yeah, you'll see these kind of, uh you know liking uh these adm- admirable writings like Mason writes writes this charles Manson was and is the master of this philosophy you know he's talking about violent revolution so he uh yeah he's he's uh, definitely an admirer
2: yeah it's that helter skelter idea uh, even even if that was kind of uh kind of a myth I mean they later really roll with it
1: yeah and they actually adam Waffen has been known they have these hate camps they were in um they were in nevada and went to and drove to this kind of famous tunnel that charles manson would take his followers so they, they kind of did the same kind of pilgrimage to a charles manson site so it's yeah this whole movement is really crazy so they have influences of occultism charles manson all kinds of stuff
2: because i mean to be totally honest like you know i i grew up with a under the influence of a lot of like feral house books and i i heard about siege secondhand, and that michael moynihan who wrote lords of chaos about the black metal stuff and and as a part of a blood axis you know i'd heard that he helped mason publish it and some other things like that but i was under the impression that siege was just some kind of like charles manson glorification and not an entirely like Mm. ideologically nazi propaganda yeah uh you know of the worst kind uh then when i actually you know did encounter the text and realized really how hardcore Moynihan was into this stuff but along with people like Boyd Rice they would feign that you know oh no we're just kind of nihilistic or uh you know we just this is just a revolt against the corrupt modern world etc but no this is hardcore nazi stuff
0: or it's kind of got that artistic quality yeah. yeah or they hide behind the, art. Yeah, exactly
1: yeah, yeah, no. and, it's, uh, yeah. I, I would say it's hardcore nazi stuff yeah. those guys always kind of dodge questions when you talk to these guys a lot of times that we're just s posting blah 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 you know we're not that serious uh, it's it's, go- it's kind of a common theme when b- some of these guys are called for on their ideas. It's their response.
2: Yeah, and it makes you wonder. Uh, you know, I've really delved deep into some of these like countercultural projects of uh, of some of these groups during during the eighties, especially. And it makes you wonder, like, how much uh, you know? Someone like James Mason was was pretty uh, uh, materialist and anti religion. But, you know, I think they, they thought things like uh, um, Nordicism and, and Asatru could be useful. I, you know, maybe occultism and, and this like Nazi forms of Satanism could be useful. I just think they're extremely cynical and like willing to use anything to get these ideas out there.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, mean, I think that that like if you look at the LNA, that maybe be the real purpose is to rebrand Nazism into occultism and get those ideas out there under different names.
0: Does that yeah. make sense? Because there's yeah. a
1: lot of similarities between Nazism, but they don't use the terms like intervention that would turn people off or something like that. But they have that same kind of racism and murderous intent. I mean the Nazis were murderous. So uh yeah I mean I think that they ha- I would think to get more popularity they would have to rebrand. And I find it interesting that some of these people in the the, mod, the new ONA aren't even European or white or whatever. So uh,
2: it's very strange. Yes, yeah. that is very interesting. And so how how does this Adam Waffen group really start? Because they're directly under the influence of Siege and the ideas in Siege, but it, it's yeah. like a the new it's a new generation though. It's not that eighties like countercultural fascism. It's like kids that are kind of just disconnected from anything like that they're just into these internet subcultures
1: from reality yeah and i think that that's really the common theme of a lot of these adam often is that they're people on the the spectrum they're spergs or whatever asperger's guys who uh uh, you know and adam often just started in 2015 it's not very old it was started by a guy who is now in jail and his name is brandon clint russell and started in tampa he clint russell was supposedly from a wealthy family or well-to-do family and uh, was living close to the university of South Florida and really organizing came out of iron March. So you can see pictures of him online talking to people, but he really started his kind of fascist offshoot Adam Waffen, which I think is nuclear bomb in German. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were they had all kinds of bomb making material down there. What happened was on 2017 one of his cohorts, a guy by the name of Devon Arthur, shot two other members of the group, who were Himmelman and Onishuk, who had come down to visit them a few times from, uh, I think, Massachusetts or somewhere up in New England. Right, and right, yeah. and yeah, so then so they got they got killed, and that kind of brought this whole group to the attention of the authorities. After they found this guy was, you know, had bomb making material, tons of guns. And he ended up getting arrested. He actually got stopped. When he got stopped, he was on the run in the Keys, Florida Keys. And when the cops pulled him over and went through his car, they thought they had stopped a mass shooting because he was armed to the teeth. And then he actually went to jail for all that bomb-making material. He got a five-year sentence. Not a very long sentence. But uh, Adam Waffen had probably 80 members at its height. And then they had another 80 people trying to get in. So they kind of had a, a kind of porch thing so but the leader really was him he went to jail and then the leadership kind of bounced through denton who's now in jail and then to another guy supposedly moriash but uh, i would say adam waffen's core ideas were in a lot and it's kind of interesting but they were definitely influenced in my opinion by the lna because the two guys who started were trying to do these insight roles so after he started the group russell joined the national guard and this other guy arthur who shot the two other people murdered him uh, became a f- extremist Muslim. And that's actually why he shot these two other people is because they were teasing him for being a Muslim. But it seems like he was just following kind of this ONA doctrines of uh, insight rules. But uh, yeah, so there's there was tons of stuff they were writing online that were very f- nasty and ferocious. There were all kinds of threatening stuff, but they were doing... Uh, I think that the name of the explosive was called HMTD. So um, yeah, so yeah, so that's what he went to jail for. But they had all the kind of standard far right ideology and things that they admired like Timothy McVeigh and, uh, you know, obviously Nazism, but uh, they actually had members all over the country. And there were all kinds of things that happened where these guys would get arrested, there were swatting events. There was people putting up flyers. They do this kind of um, posterizing. So you'll see kind of the ideology of the group is is disseminated through posters put up all over the place. And I think that was kind of what people were doing to get initiated was going putting posters up at colleges and things like that. Really nasty kind of posters of uh, violence and racism and stuff like that. So, but yeah, so Adam Woffin supposedly disbanded in 2000. 20 or yes, and became some other group. But uh, I think there's still a lot of people in there. And, and Russell has made some statements. He's exposed people who are in the group. And, you know, he's made some statement of, uh, from jail he's, and, and references Manson and Adolf Hitler. So kind of uh, not very nice references, but uh, what does he say? I've become a prisoner of war in this war against society. All, all To all of those who abandon ship, woe to you. Adolf Hitler once said, there's no room in this world for cowardly people. So there's no, certainly no room for you in the Adam Waffen division. The same goes for all the pathetic rumor spreaders, opportunistic parasites, and any other traitors. The sword has, sword has been drawn. There's no turning back. And then he let he ratted out the names of three fellow Adam members.
0: You know, I, we we noticed something and we're going to talk a little bit more about these people but like we noticed a common theme is um the Asperger syndrome.
1: Yeah, I mean they like they say uh what is it? Anders had Asperger some of these other guys like this one guy Jeremy Himmelman had literally had like electroshock therapy. Onishuk was definitely seemed to be on the spectrum like they they're not some of these guys just really aren't well. And, uh, it says something about their stability and why they're even interested in these, these kind of far right. Yeah.
0: Does that make them more susceptible to joining these type of groups? Does, is something about the message, does something about the message make well, yeah. people in that mind frame? I more think the message
2: is, is, is just so anti social and it targets people, I think, who feel like, uh, social yeah. failures and, um, it makes you know it 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 gives them an identity and gives them a mission you know and they self appoint themselves to to destroy society i guess yeah no i mean there's
1: some deep psychology there i mean there really is and i think it's very important for listeners to understand if you have like boys and stuff you got to really watch out a lot of these guys like andrew's father said they lost him to the internet when he was 14 and Onishuk was up by himself on the on the online and all these guys are online communicating. I think they're vulnerable, almost like to be brought into a cult. And yeah. you could, you could, you could analogize Adam often as a cult. And this is our stuff or special. We're underground, you know, come and join us. And, and.
2: Well, and the the far right. Yeah. The far right in general has just been so great at propagandizing um, recently, and creating this, you know, this attitude and identity. And, you know, we talk about all the time being edge lords, you know, uh, really holding up antisocial behavior. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, you know, people would maybe they would get started with uh, joking around being racist on 4chan and then like eventually just try to prove more and more this, uh this attitude and identity they've adopted and end up into something like this.
1: Yeah, no, it's interesting because in some of the, I think the guy's name, Adam, I remember was Moria. She had this identity of a really intense far-rightist, but then somebody investigated him and he had this like completely other real-world identity. So it's almost like he had kind of like a dark alter ego, mm-hmm. but his real world was like he was, I mean, it gets stranger because some of these guys definitely have some homoeroticism things going on. Mm -hmm. Like you would think an Adam Waffen guy would only hang out with white people, but he had friends. He was a Mormon, apparently. So there's a lot of interesting things that did not come in his real life that did not comport with his online identity. And I think, so something profound happens to these younger men online, it's almost like they're... They're being morphed into this other identity, by, and they have to talk it out, and then they try to act it out in the real world.
2: Right, it's and, like role-playing.
1: Yes, yeah. Well, the- and I think that that's why, I mean, you can kind of see it's interesting because Woodward, for example, who's still in jail and has not been tried yet because of COVID for, for allegedly killing Blaze Bernstein, you can see his online kind of pattern of they, they reenact the scene of the curb stomp from – America, what is it? American, American history acts. History, history acts, yeah. yes. Yeah. So you see pictures of these guys doing that. So there's pictures of these other Adam Waffle members reenacting this curb stomp, which is a fake movie, right? It's a, uh, it's fiction, but they're bringing it into real life. So there's something happening, very profound, uh, I think, in this in this in this kind of subgroup that wow. that's really psychological. So it has to do with Aspergers or something, but also the morphing. Of a personality through the internet, how you become a separate kind of person and then it, it comes to life in the real world. It's something really interesting.
0: Well, you know, the Blaze Bernstein murder, I mean, it seemed like that the killer of him uh really. The alleged died. killer. He hasn't been yeah. tried and convicted. Gotcha. Like, he really, he, like, apparently he lured him in and made him trust him. And. But there was an element of that that reminded me you know uh surfiel brought up lords of chaos you know there's that there is that incident where one of those kids killed uh i guess a homosexual man in the park mm-hmm. um in what was it norway mm-hmm. yeah and so there's 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 a there's this idolization of like varg for kings and uh
1: Right, like, birth dance, I, yeah,
0: birth, yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm curious about like do these do these guys like the kind of like the, just like the incel, uh, I guess online community. Do they are they like followers or like do they idolize somebody like Elliot Roger or like Adam Lanza these these type of people?
1: I didn't really see Lanza or Rogers, but I did see a lot of references to Vark Dirkness, who is the kind of Norwegian, right. I think Norwegian black metal guy who's a pagan killed somebody. So you'll see people like like new to Jim and uh, Suvanna Roth, both knew of him in social media. So his influence was there. But I think that if you look at uh, there's, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get in. it. There's a definitely some repressed homosexuality in these Autumn often guys. Not all of them, but some of them for sure. Because there's a lot of rumors about these guys, what they really are in real life. But, uh, and that goes back to the Nazis too. They were not as uh, straight as people might think. but sure. uh,
0: yeah. The S, yeah, Ernst Rome, yeah, and the S.A., yeah. Yeah,
1: Hitler himself, man.
0: I mean, uh, these guys. Well, see, th- that brings up a good point that I wanted to bring up when you're talking about James Mason, is that he idolized this guy, uh, James Vaughn, Paul Joseph Franklin.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Maybe getting a couple of these people mixed up, but... No, that's the same guy. So we did fake well, men This guy was pretty much like, wasn't he like kind of a... He was like a transvestite, and he had a black girlfriend.
1: No, that was Spizak, but very okay. similar. So he wrote about yeah, Spizak. It's, it's like, and-
0: there's just like weird cross purposes going on here. Just things just don't
1: match up to what their ideology is supposed to be. Right. No. Very true. It's, it's, it's almost bizarre. It's almost like they're role playing in real life. It's real tough guys. Not that's the Nazi ethos, but yeah, there's a deep psychology there that the internal real life does not fit the external well the dressing or characteristics
2: yeah the cognitive dissonance is probably what um triggers these events and you know they're seeking to get to some kind of equilibrium or prove this assumed identity and they have to do these extreme things in order to
1: you know prove themselves yeah i think you're right i think that yeah that's something really deep psychologically is happening these guys
0: yeah when i when i read that about that guy i just was like i, I read that and i was like what like what what is even going on here you know and it, it, that's the thing with all these kind of weird extremists you see that kind of stuff again and again it's like there's an outer life and there's an inner life and there's the outer uh persona that they that they give to each other and then there's this personal life that they have that is totally apart from anything that they're actually supposed to believe
1: oh it's really true it's really true and and but that external persona that they're putting out can be dangerous that's the whole thing is like it's real but it's also a persona so it's almost like a, a a version of the tough guy persona this the nazi persona yeah, no. There's some really interesting things, and you study all these guys. Like I've read through a lot of this stuff, and you just see this, this very, this, uh, this kind of Jekyll Hyde type thing going on. It's
2: really sad. I mean, it, it just showcases a lot of the the failures of of society, of counterculture and subculture, and politics. Um, the fact that just this like deep seated nihilism that's actually acted out into you know murder and extremism and terrorism it's like what does the future have in store for the more alienating society gets to young people i mean are we going to just see more of this in new in new guises you know it's really terrifying
1: yeah i'm not optimistic i really am not just as the way society is now what people see on tv breakdown of some of these cities and the riots i don't think that that's a real positive uh reaffirming type, uh, thing for young people. So I think that people really have to be careful. And I think well, that's another theme of my book is like, some of these people were really naive about the lethality of some of these people. And they ended up dead. Like the parents of Giampa's girlfriend dead. Like that's why I call it titled it the slaughter of innocence. This kid, Blaze Bernstein, didn't know what he was dealing with. He ended up stabbed in a park. He had a ton of future, talented, smart guy. And, uh, Maybe Himmel, and there was an interesting, this guy Picciolini was, uh, he was a Nazi, and then he left, but he did a really interesting ProPublica uh, investigation in Waffen, and he talked about Himmelman and Oershek, he said they just didn't have the time to become better men, you know, so they ended up dying in 2021. 20, they could have changed and said, hey, man, this, it could have been anti-Nazis after being into it, you just don't know, and so their lives were cut short by some, I mean, somebody shot an AK-47 at him. And they, when he's talking to the parents, Picholini is talking to the ownership's parents, they just didn't have a clue. I mean, in my opinion, they just, they didn't know what their son was into. Like they brought out the Burzum shirt, which is a tied to Barb And they just were like, what's that? I don't even, you know, if I saw my kid wearing that shirt, I'd be freaked out. But they didn't seem to know, they didn't seem to have an have inkling of what their son was up to. And also they were going, I mean, they, they, Onishuk and Himmelman had been down to, to to Tampa. They were killed on their second try there or second trip there, and the parents didn't seem to know that they were going to visit with the head of Adamov. They told their parents like some story. Oh yeah, I got a job down there. Or something. They believed it. That's what it seemed yeah. to me. That that
0: seems to be a common theme in a lot of this stuff. I mean, you know, the the Columbine killers. It was the same way. I mean, you know, the parents didn't know. They didn't. They didn't know what was going
1: on. I mean, they were those kids were making bombs, you know. Yeah, they were right. making bombs. There were tons of guns. Like they just didn't have a clue, man. like they should have. And there was the what didn't they do the the killing on on Hitler's birthday? It wasn't wasn't it April twentieth?
0: Yeah, April twentieth, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah.
1: So then you see that time with Silvana Roth, who was like, uh, you know, had that not, Nazi aesthetic, talked about cooling, all that stuff yeah well let's talk about her and um there was also
0: uh was it a james uh, gamble that was uh her uh i guess boyfriend or
1: yeah and i think that goes back to that theme of online the online persona becoming real life right she was online she was on iron march and people really have good uh information about her on those wiki i mean those kiwi uh was it Kiwi link, links or whatever it was that the message boards, but yeah, she was had some relationship with James Campbell there. There she was planning to go from Chicago to travel to Halifax and Canada and do a, you know, mass tiles, massive slaughter a la Columbine with two guys, James Campbell and Randall Shepard. And they had just met and she signaled a lot of the stuff. They selected Valentine's day, February 14th, 2015, and uh, it was interesting because she she had this Nazi fetishization. She was, I think, half Thai or something, so she's Asian. And uh, tons of online stuff and dark literature and things like that. And uh, she traveled out. Somebody told about it, luckily. And she was arrested at the airport, but Gamble, once the police showed up his house at his house, he shot himself with a with a rifle and killed himself. But. Uh, The the judge in that case said, hey, you know, you are, you were trying to do, we have all this information, we have all your chat lines between you and Gamble and what you were planning. And she was also like a Barg-Virknes idolizer. Right. She wrote about him, in my opinion, few things are cuter than smiling Like, "Mm." So, yeah, but she, she had that whole thing and she had the whole kind of culling mentality
0: yeah and they had uh, and also we mentioned the combine killers i mean they had an obsession with them too i mean they have literally thought that uh the souls of eric and dylan went into their bodies and just weird weird stuff
1: right she like wrote something about him i was to be his eric harris he would be my dylan kebold yeah you know we must have known each other in a past life eventually i realized that we really were eric and dylan their minds having refuge in our bodies Sometime after their demise in 1997. what?
0: And, and the thing is, is that like they had, um, I mean, it was easy for the police, I guess. How did they, they found out, I guess, because they found the, the, the text or somebody, somebody had sent them that they were planning on doing this or they had, they monitoring the website.
1: Yeah, she had posted something on the website, their Untergang, Valentine's Day, it's going down under Uh, their their personas right so he she was the kind of adam waffen skull mask persona and he was the guy from scream and somebody i think either got that or something else some other information that's and see that's
0: that's the thing i mean you have the case where the guy kills the other two dudes and it just kind of blows it all open so you know they're they're literally killing each other And then in in this second case, you know, that that they make their plans pretty well known and somebody blows the whistle on it and alerts the police so that they're able to stop it, thank God, before it happened. It just seems like these are not, I don't know, these are not the smartest... You know tools in the tool shed no they're
1: not yeah they're not i mean it's really i mean they like i said it's this actually a very common theme in this ideology they kill each other or kill innocent people around them i mean it's they they're often not killing their intended targets I mean, if you look through my book they're more often killing each other than their intended right. targets right well, yeah, I mean, like I said, there is a lot of innocence, and I, I, yeah, it's just I, I think that the despair in our society—I don't think it's—I uh, don't think it's getting better,
0: not at all. So we should backtrack a little bit to talk about uh, Ethan, uh, Ethan Meltzer, and you know him being in the military, and this is kind of the—I mean, I mean, if this is kind of makes it more uh, in the news, you know, a little bit. I mean, because this is where I, you know, of course, I told you at the beginning. I mean, this is where I heard about
1: it at first. And that's just almost just uh, one year ago that his indictment was unsealed. His name was Ethan Phelan Meltzer. There's not, he doesn't have a huge Internet presence, so you can't quite go back through and kind of see his social media. But he was only 22, and he went by Etel regard which is dagger light backwards. He's from Louisville, Kentucky. And he was communicating secret information to somebody from the ONA, supposedly. And that's what his... Um, That's what his complaint says. And he's actually in the MCC in New York City with uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. They're both in the same kind of being held in the same kind of jail. So
0: that's interesting. Okay.
1: But the the one thing that was fascinating about him is he, there's pictures of him with this kind of skull mask, but also a copy of the sinister tradition from the order of nine angles. So you see this very obvious, which I have on the cover of my book, the obvious ONA symbol, and uh, that sinister t- tradition was a compilation of other earlier O.N.A. books, like Naos and Black, Black Book of Satan, which they call Codex Saras now. But uh, yeah, he was uh, he was conspiring. He actually admitted it. They actually um, he said he was a traitor against the United States. Mm he said he and this is like from the director in charge of the new york office he said he turned his back on his country and his unit while aligning himself with members of the neo-nazi group 098
0: well see that brings to the question uh how pervasive could this be in the military because i mean the military's got a lot of different groups that are vying for a lot of different uh for 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 all these men and and young women i mean they're they're vying for the tension so how pervasive do you think that, that, that this is?
1: I don't know. I, I mean, I I was shocked to see how many. There's been other journalists, and I include kind of their. I didn't have permission to repost. I would have reposted some of their work. But there's other members out there, named members, holding and having uh, ONA books and things they're reading and all kinds of things like that. So of the totality or how uh, deep it is, I think, is a really concern. And if they're following kind of ONA doctrines of getting insight rules. That's why they're trying to get in the military to get training. So if they're really serious about their intent to kind of overthrow the government and start their own kind of civilization, I think that uh, people, I mean, they need to really be concerned about it. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, Meltzer himself had something called the Alchemy of Hate, which included a section titled Adolf Hitler as Dark God.
0: Well, it seems to me that it's only a matter of time before one of these people is going to pull something off. I mean, the guy in Britain in '97, I mean, he pulled it off. And it keeps getting stopped, but eventually, I mean, it's probably going to happen.
1: I'm not positive. I mean, look at Dylan Roof. Look at the guy who went into the. Um Synagogue, you know, killed like eight old geriatrics. So Dylan Roof, they—I mean, that's actually—and they call it the Bull Patrol in the right. So because because Dylan Roof had a bull cut, and that's another example. Almost another person I could have written about, yeah, because he had that same thing—an online persona that he went crazy in the world, but his out external persona, he had African American friends. There's right. recordings of people saying, "There's no way he did that." We used to hang out and. Smoke marijuana and blah, blah, you know, it's like, right. Yeah. So, what happened to him? How did he get radicalized? How did he? And it's probably all just online, some older person manipulating him with these ideology. Hey, man, these people hate you. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. So, that's was, another example. Yeah.
2: I was really, really wondering about him uh, because, like, you know, I know he could have just been online, but most. I saw him with like Rhodesian flag patches and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And it's like most, you know, young racist kids aren't really going to get that deep into like this kind of obscure history. And, you know, who was taking all these photos of them? And it almost appeared to me like there may- might be some, maybe was some kind of handler. Uh, I but, think
1: there was some you know. question where he got the guns too. Yeah, it, the was, it was strange. Yeah. I didn't know that, but there's actually interesting stories about, um, the guy who, Bowers was the name of the guy who went into the synagogue, that there were these other brothers, these Clark brothers who were also known neo-Nazis. And in the complaint, the Bowers complained against him. They said that he was either in communication, I think, with one of the Clark brothers. And one of the Clark brothers went and killed himself the same day that, after Bowers did the assault. So I think wow. the prosecutors hinted that they may have been communicating with each other online to um, carry out attacks together. Yeah, there was
0: intimated There was the guy that you talked about um in Georgia.
1: The Temple of Blood?
0: The, yeah, well there's Temple of Blood and then there's the Austin Austin Lane.
1: Yeah, uh, that was uh, the yeah. base.
0: Yeah, that the, see they yeah, were yeah, that was pretty
1: big in were. the news.
0: What yeah, I remember happened. hearing about that. Yeah. Yeah. And of course Temple of Blood, I mean that's here in our part of the country.
1: Right. I mean, it's what's interesting, like one of the things that just researching this book is how these nexions or how these groups, how much, how much original literature they have, because the Temple of Blood had a lot of literature and they have that their own book is Iron Gates, which is like this post apocalyptic book, but they're publishing stuff from some of these guys who are in the ONA in England, right, but they have their own, their own, their own books and doctrines and weird teaching so-called fiction and uh they're they flat out state in their manuals or in their one of their b- books they say we are a end of the order of nine angles so you'd be ha- happy that your kid was in chess club drama or anything better than reading some of this stuff so like there's oh, yeah. definitely to me like there, where's the parental oversight what's going on but i mean i think it's hard for the parents if their kid is on the spectrum too that's another level of difficulty so
2: well, and and you know, you could find um, parents would be able to like find your books, but if it's all online, I mean, they probably just have no idea. Yeah, they just
1: don't know. No oversight on what their kids doing. But yeah, I mean, it makes you think like, hey, maybe you should have a little more activity to see if your if your child is in this group or potential group of possible criminal actors you probably want to have a higher standard of oversight than you might have i mean so because these guys are young and they're they're um definitely susceptible and this is their lives are a disaster some of these guys are going to jail danders is probably going to jail for the rest of his life and the other two guys are dead so but another theme in the book is like some of these guys have pretty short sentences too so i mean the head of the atom off division is going to get out i don't know if he's going to be repentant or not
0: yeah. The, the temple of blood. Um, let's talk a little bit about that.
1: I mean, what like I is. said, it's a, it's a Nexian. that's down, yeah. that's, you know, in the United States, they're influential. The guy who's been in the head of it is people have said that he's a, uh, an agent, but he definitely has a long pedigree of kind of far right politics. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. And, uh, they have their own kind of, like I said, they have their own literature and things like that. His name is Joshua Caleb Sutter. But they were weird. I mean, it's really weird because they have, like, they're sympathetic North Korean groups. But you can kind of see that same kind of ONA ideology where they're just growing. They're getting involved, in, in my opinion, in these weird cult groups that further the, the operation kind of chaos mentality of the ONA.
0: Yeah, and they have an obsession with Kali, the goddess, you know, the Hindu goddess as well. Yeah.
1: yeah. They want the age of they want to bring forth the prophesied age of Kali and the era of darkness and disintegration. Yeah. It's, and then you see like Genesis Piorge pops up with the O B, and you see the same stuff. You see them holding Bluebird, you know, just crazy stuff. These people are out there. I think that's one of the important elements of the book. Is you think like, Oh, nobody would be an esoteric Nazi. Uh well. These people would. Yeah.
2: Do you think that the authorities are being adequately uh, educated about some of these subcultures?
1: No, I don't. I don't. I mean, they don't really mention it. Oh, pro- it was interesting because in the time that I was writing this book, things have popped up. There's like an NTCT thing where they said the ONA is a very dangerous thing. So I need to add that to this book. So things have popped up as so it seems like they're much more on the radar. And definitely there's groups in. The U.K. said the ONA should be banned or prescribed, what they call prescribed. But I I think that they're going to start to realize the lethality of these doctrines and how dangerous they are. So I think that with maybe this book and other people talking about it, but like, for example, Australia for the first time banned a far right group. They banned Sonic Creek. So they literally prescribed it. If you're a member of Sonic Creek in Australia, you go to jail for 10 years. And they've, they've done, I think they Sonic a is banned in the UK too. So the U S really needs to have a, a really smart response and just stop saying like white supremacy and, and kind of bloviating about that loaded term, but talk about some of these, these other more dangerous groups yeah, with more specificity.
0: It's a little more subtle than just that. Right. Yeah. So you, in the, in the the kind of like in the conclusion of the book, you talk about some questions that need to be answered. I mean, and you talk about kind of like uh, from what we, we had you on to talk about last time, which is Smiley Face Killers. And you kind of talked about a little bit that there might be some connection there.
1: Well, I mean, these guys are out at night. They, they don't, they're not like your standard Nazis who march around and all of their kind of, I mean, you can talk like the culling doctrines and the culling texts, that section in the book. Has like the lurker of the night, where they're driving to go see, and all these guys talk about going out at night. Not all, but there's a there's a significant number in the O.N.A. who go out at night and, and uh, are doing really dark stuff. So I was actually, I mean, I was actually watching Chinatown just the other day, and they, I was like the first. It was a Polanski film made in or out in '74. And they actually had like an SFK type. It was the first SFK death I'd ever seen where somebody was drowned in one body of water and then moved to another body of water to make it look like an accident. He was incredible. It was one of the main oh, yeah. characters, actually. Mulray was one of the right, main characters that checked on. But so somebody may be doing something like this at night. I mean, I, I think that there's a, there's a significant amount of water themes in ONA and, uh, You know, Igor Sarsky, who I include, you know, my interviews with him in the book has his own opinions on that. But I think that people need to start uh, asking more questions about what this group is really doing. I mean, if they're talking about sinister uh, groups that are above the law, what are those sinister groups that are above the law? What are they doing at night? Because they're certainly not operating in day. And all of their stuff is about nighttime stuff. Noctilian, so they have the symbol.
0: Yeah, so this could be part of the culling kind of stuff, culling of the mundanes, that that could be part
1: of it. Perhaps. I mean, I'm willing to ask that question. I asked that question. I don't have the right. answers. I don't have any evidence outside of what's in this book. But I do think that that's why I have that chapter start asking the right questions because I don't think anybody's asking that questions. Somebody's right. asking the question about yeah. William Noctulean. Are you noctulian? So the Noctulean is a bat that flies at night. And there's a really incredible picture of Adam Waffin members holding the symbol, the ONA bat symbol. So it's like t- they're symbolically telling you we operate at night, right? And uh, it's not in my book, but I gotta, I gotta probably put it in there. But uh, what do these guys know? I mean, people, the authorities need to catch up because I think that these guys think on a way that, and then you talk about motive for some of these nighttime crimes, the motive's right in my book and right in their documents, calling. Are they engines of evolution? Are these the people that they don't like? And I mean, there's stories on the in the ONA literature about them having contempt for, People at bars at night, you know, goof, go yeah. around and drunks and stuff like that. So they're they're that's on their radar, not mine. Right. That's interesting.
0: I mean, that's a good. I, wow, that's a it's an interesting point because I remember reading that in the material that you reproduced in the book,
2: or at least something very similar, if not these particular groups. Um, yeah. It's yeah,
0: something,
2: something you
1: know. similar. Yeah, I mean, that was my my in this book is my introduction to really underground literature and i'm sure there's more they state in their own documents the ona has literature the public hasn't seen and they have an oral tradition where they exchange information through words so i don't know what they're fully up to i know what they've written but i don't know what they're what they're why do they have smiley faces on two of their um internet informational websites i don't know you know Mm -hmm. so there's there's symbolic ties and i mean. Moult was friends with another guy who's friends with all these occultists. He was friends with a guy by the name of David Tibet He uses smiley faces all the time in his art. He was friends with Genesis P. Orge. So you see this occult cold there ground that they're talking to each other. And I think that's the worthwhile part of reading the Stephen Brown letters is that there it just shows that these guys know each, they know each other. They're communicating pre-internet. It's really fascinating. Um, uh, I'm curious,
0: William, have you seen Sons of Sam? Yes, I, have. Uh, I was curious what you thought about it because some of the elements of it um, especially with these guys kind of killing each other seemed very, very similar supposedly suicided yeah I mean it seemed very similar to the way that this is structured and then the fact that uh, was it uh, John, John Carr um, is found dead on an Air Force base and then I can't think but help but think of Ethan Meltzer and, you know, the possibility of some of these groups being in the, in the military.
1: Yeah, no, you make a good point. I mean, I think that that, I mean, how much, how are these cults different? I mean, are they operating the same? They have larger groups than you might think. I think that's what the Sons of Sam shows. And that's what Maury Terry showed. And I've done an interview with this guy, Manny Grossman, who's going after some of this stuff and shows that that cult, probably goes back very far uh, decades before it surfaced in 60 76 and 77 but uh, yeah i've done a couple shows about, about sons of sam and, and some of the stuff but you just see how how evil and lethal these people are like i think that in this kind of cult like they decided at some point they were going to start killing people in public and i think that that's what that's what the sons of or the son of sam killings were and yeah. and Berkowitz took the heat for it, took the blame for it.
0: Yeah, and then it seems like they started to kill each other. Absolutely. Yeah. I think
1: that they wrote that there were 20 deaths. I think they uh Maury Terry wrote there were 20 suspicious deaths, not just the two carr brothers, but all these other people started turning up dead after um the sons of the son of Sam killings in 77. <laughs>
0: You know, I was kind of familiar with Mario Terry's work. I mean, do you, do you think that he was on to something or do you think that
1: he kind I of? I think so. I think that he was trying to tell the truth as he saw it. I think he was local. Yeah. and I think that he was right. I think there was a lot more to the story. I think that the police were very fortunate to just have a nice bow, tie it up and say Berkowitz did it. But all these other people said that somebody else was involved or somebody else shot him. DeNaro just wrote a book uh about saying that i was shot by somebody other than the son of sam i was shot by somebody other than uh thing and he's actually walking around with manny grossman i recommend you take a look at manny grossman's work because it's very interesting because denaro's just flat out saying yeah it wasn't berkowitz and berkowitz admitted to two of the deaths i think and then probably yeah. it was the carr brothers and there was a woman involved so there's a much broader group but uh yeah i think more terry was on to something pre-internet and we used to actually have that confirmed because I used to be on the Facebook page of The Ultimate Evil. I was on there with Opperman and uh, I think McGowan was on, I'm almost positive, just before he died. Oh, yeah. So he was po- I found out that he was posting on there under the name Trudy Leak. Um, and I always saw those names, but I didn't know it was Maury Terry, but he was still kind of researching all the way up to the end. And I think that he was on to some, I think that there was a lot of occultism going on in New York City at that time. A lot of dark stuff, a very dark era, pedophilia, and human trafficking, and blood drinking. What do you think about the, I'm picking your brain here a little bit, about
0: the Roy Raiden angle? And I kind of look at the Roy Raiden angle stuff and I can't help but think of that that could have been a basis for like Eyes Wide
1: Shut. You know? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. But uh, I think that that's an important part of it. I'm pretty sure. Do you, is that in Ultimate Evil? Is that story about Menzer There was this guy who was supposed to be Manson II who did one of the shootings in New York City and then shot Raiden. They were both. Yeah, I, I think, think one I, guy but, was a neo-Nazi.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if that's in that or that's in, in another work. But. Right. The, it's tied into the
1: Cotton Club story, right? Right, so, right. But Raiden was there and I think that there was just a network. There was all kinds of weird stories. The story that couple who had their blood drained, you hear about that story, that was associated with that whole New York scene. That was clearly a cult. And then throwing some Applethorpe into the occult. And then the Sisman killings. Do you know
0: about Maplethorpe. Mapplethorpe,
1: Mapplethorpe yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Sisman killings. I think that Berkowitz talked about Sisman being connected. And Berkowitz was the one who led... Maury Terry to the Arliss Arlis Perry in Stanford, right? So these were just things that there that come out of uh, come out of, like Berkowitz knew more than he was telling, and still knew more than he. Was
0: Which telling. you know, I mean, um, Maury Terry was right about who killed. He was right about right, who right, because that's how it right.
1: finished out Sons of Sam, right? Right. At least that guy was involved. There may have been other people involved. They just came to that guy's thing. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I actually wrote a, an article about the Arlis Perry death before that guy got found. It's tied Because it happened on Crowley Moss, October 12th, that's, that's right. what... It,
0: that's that's right, it did, didn't it? Yeah, Yeah. so
1: you can yeah. look, look at my article. It's uh, the death of Arlis Perry, Crowley Moss. I forgot the full title. I'll put it in. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, you can read that. I wrote that in 2015 because I grew up in Palo Alto, so I knew that area. I knew the whole story. I actually knew the priest who officiated at that, uh, it was, it's not that, a, it's a non-denominational Stanford Memorial.
0: Right. That was at Stanford. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. I mean, it's a, it's really bold because it's really at the very center of the campus. That's what the, that quad area was really the core of the Stanford campus. So well, it's, it's really in your face.
0: According to that documentary, Arliss Perry herself had spoken about, uh, Talking to people in some kind of cult.
1: Right. So the rumor was that she was in Mino and tried to, she was a Christian and tried to convert somebody and they didn't like it. Yeah. So she was targeted.
0: What was going on in Mino, North Dakota of all places. Right. Just the strangest place, like a military base. It's the air force base.
1: Right. But what's a woman doing at a church? at that i don't even remember the year but in like close to midnight that whole story just doesn't make yeah. sense yeah it doesn't yeah. make yeah.
2: sense
0: yeah i don't know if you're familiar with walter bosley's stuff sounds familiar uh, what did he write empire of the will no i don't
1: know
0: that uh, he's local to you so uh, uh, but you know he talks about the um it's santa Saint san
1: bernardino. bernardino
0: yeah san bernardino yeah, he talks about the San Bernardino and the, like, 1915 and, like, a series of what he believes are, like, ritualistic murders. You should look up Bosley. He's an interesting guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a
1: lot more of it than people want to really ever say. You know, they just kind of poo-poo it. But I think that some of these crimes are – I mean, you can put an anthology of satanic crimes. I mean, actually, like, yeah. I mean, you can see, like, how these guys – I, uh, I talked to Sarsky, and he said – one of the things that's similar to the SFK crimes is the death of Kilroy in Matamoros because they were looking for a sacrificial vic- victim coming out of a bar, right? So all these SFK kind of deaths are the same thing. There are people late at night disappear.
0: Is that the stuff that McGowan wrote about?
1: I don't know. I don't know uh, if he did, but it was, uh, I don't know if he he covered it. Was it Jesus Adolfo Constanza? Uh, he was a, he was a Paulo. Malumbe practitioner.
0: Yeah, it gets it gets really weird.
1: It's dark and weird. Yeah,
0: yeah I thought I would ask you about that. To-
1: well, this is a dark and weird book because you would not think this stuff. Kind of, I didn't think any of this stuff existed. I didn't think it. There was a, such a thing as esoteric Hitlerism. So,
0: uh,
1: but you know, it's attractive to a certain sub sub subgroup, sub and uh, people I think need to know about it because it's not a sub subgroup of people. You know, doing basket weaving or art or, you know, something like that. They're all nasty, yeah, death-obsessed yeah, people.
0: Uh, yeah, I think that, yeah. I mean, and I really, when it comes down to it, I think a lot of them are just thugs and they're just using it as, they're using all this kind of stuff as a means to justify that. Yeah, it almost seems like all
2: all a lot of the ideological stuff is more secondary.
0: Right.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you could, yeah, you could say that as the Nazis. I mean, some people just got into it for, yeah, what they really yeah, not they didn't care about the ideology. Thugs. That's true. Uh, I think
0: at that point, um, William, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, this has been a, a, a really great discussion about this, uh, as always. I always enjoy talking to you. Um, the uh, tell people where they can find the book, where they can find uh, your website, and uh, I guess you still have the smiley face killer film up correct
1: yeah it's around, it's on i put it on to amazon so it's on amazon my original one my other ones are on vimeo i gotta put them back up i just kind of got to do a couple things the kindle version is not, a kindle and hardback versions of this book are on amazon and then you can buy a signed copy from my website williamramseyinvestigates.com you get signed copies of all my books at my website, William Ramsey Investigates. And then I have a podcast that I've been working on. I kind of got kicked off the YouTube. So if you want to kind of see a variety of different interviews, some about this book, some about other subjects, Sons of Sam, uh, you can go to William Ramsey Investigates on iTunes.
0: Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you, William. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Stay on the line for us. We're going to close out this section. And, guys, we will be right back to close out the show. And also plug the Saints Realities Conference on Conspiranormal. Okay, we're back. We're back. And that was a really good interview with uh, William Ramsey talking about the Order of the Nine Angles in the Atomboffin Division, or whatever it's called now.
2: It's pretty sad, really. Um edge lords the only the only fortunate thing is that really like these elements of the (laughs) most extreme fringes of the right um the fact that there's really no path to power and that the only thing they have to do is seek out young very you know hurt impressionable people to try to Uh, do terrible things to create chaos Um, and just the big tragedy is that you know just the lack of uh, the lack of imagination of a future or what kind of future people want that may be a better world for for them you know instead of that it's just this like nihilistic despair
0: yeah totally agreed
2: you know, it's it's weird. Uh, we definitely have different, like, cultural frames of reference. Um, you know, when we had the, him on talk about the smiley face killers, there was definitely stuff that, uh, correlations that I didn't really think were, uh, had too much to them, like with the psychic TV and stuff. But, however, um, in the context of this, I mean, the stuff I've been reading, recently uh it it really does seem like genesis Purage never really fully answered for how much they promoted this kind of fascistic imagery and of course friends with boyd rice and all those guys right
0: do, so right yeah they could they could say that it was art in the that in in the sense of right way yeah But then when you see
2: right. you know james mason on uh Bob, 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 Bob Larson, Larson yeah, with Michael right. Moynihan and Boyd Rice hanging out with them you know it's they're like, in wow, the background how, yeah how much of this is art and how
0: much of this is like because apparently Mason believes it you know he believes it and so Mason
2: probably felt like he was using their art to right his ideas
0: Right. Exactly. Not
2: them just wrapping uh, their art in uh, extremist fascist aesthetics because they're attracted to the aesthetics.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: You know it's weird. I mean, I've had a lot of, uh, eye-opening experiences studying a lot of a lot of this stuff because really, like, I was very influenced by the you know the apocalypse culture and how much of that really was you know a lot of that does line up with the the strategy of the extreme right at this time
0: yeah yeah it's it's yeah it's an interesting what's going what's going on what's you know is it is it um, it's it's a it's kind of a it's kind of nebulous in a way it seems like
2: but this stuff is you know just it's showing like you know these ideas that were like incubated in the 80s really come into full swing and people actually acting out this ideology
0: Right. Yeah. When well, they and they have no context for any of this stuff that like Yeah, went these before. kids could you yeah, yeah. shit about. Right.
2: Void Rice.
0: Right. Right. Well, yeah, very interesting. We talked a little bit about the Sons of Sam documentary which uh if you guys haven't seen that, that's a definite uh definite good suggestion. We actually did a Patreon about that uh not too long ago. So you guys can check out on that feed. Uh the usual uh we are gearing up for strange realities conference 2021 and uh the website is getting is been updated with the speakers for this year and will be updated soon with some uh, motel and hotel information for you guys to uh place for to stay with a hopefully a good discounted rate so we are working on that um Strange Realities Conference is October t- October, 15th through 17th of this year. There are going to be 21 speakers. Not all of them are going to be there at the venue at SIR, but we will have at least half of them there. And so if you guys want to come out and hang out with us here in Nashville on that time, uh, please, that is uh, $70 to do that. And it is $30 if you want to join us online, which will be broadcasting the entire conference online. So whether or not the speaker is there at SIR or at, the, at their home, uh, you guys will be able to check that out. So, uh, Also, mentioned before, our Patreon. Sergio can tell you where to find that. You
2: can find that at patreon.com slash conspira slash conspira normal. And join one of our three tiered secret orders um we are going to be recording a episode this week about
0: uh, i'm going to uh well actually that was for this week yeah <laughs> we're behind this week but uh we're gonna do something about uh, the uh haunting in connecticut and the warrens um uh, you guys may have heard that already so
2: yeah, kind of some weird revisiting of yeah. that. And uh, so every week you get a new episode on there. Every month we have our uh, $10 and up Mystic Crew Hangout where you get to see exclusive presentations. And at the $20 level, you get an exclusive T-shirt and a experience at the Strange Realities Conference.
0: That's right. And you can find all that information on... Or our Patreon, and also go to strangerealitiesconference.com if you want to find out about the conference and all the wonderful speakers that will be speaking there. Alright guys, that's it. Join us next time. Explore some. Robert Guffey is going to be hanging out with us. We're going to talk about Bella Lugosi being dead or something on Conspira Normal.